Last one standing wins. <laughs> Professional podcast. Drinking from human skulls. A professional podcast. Oh, Canada, my true authoritarian regime. Justin Trudeau. Worst PM I've ever seen. Hey guys, it's me, Doni. Um, back once again for another episode of Drinking from Human Skulls. Just wanted to get it started with a little musical interlude. Hope that's okay. So it's been a while, and um, I don't aspire to have month-long gaps in between episodes. But you know, my beautiful two-year-old son is home from daycare on my wipes suspicion that he may be getting sick a little bit too often. I told her that probably every kid until the age of 10 has a perpetual runny nose and the pediatrician just confirmed that. So he's back to daycare in November. Fingers crossed. And of course, that may mean that I can record more than one episode per month. Again, fingers crossed. So for those of you who don't know, I am from the great northern country of Canada. Some people call it America's hat, but call it what you will. It used to be a country worth living in, and now it is an authoritarian dictatorship run by a tyrant who parades around as a wolf in sheep's clothing. His name is Justin Trudeau. He called an election on the sneak tip and got the deal done. Kind of an interesting thing about Canada is you can just... Whenever you want, on a whim, call an election. And of course, if you're the one calling the election, you have a significant advantage. I don't know why that's never discussed, but obviously you can make your plans in advance. That's one thing about the American system that seems to make a lot more sense than the Canadian system. It's every four years like clockwork. And, you know, the question of corrupt elections, of course, is a totally separate issue. But I just feel like it's a a bit of a deceptive play. And... Well, it couldn't have come from a more deceptive guy, Justin Trudeau. I think it's safe to say that Justin Trudeau is the single worst prime minister in Canadian history. He's certainly the most hated. I mean, we saw him video after video getting booed, getting rocks thrown at him on the campaign trail, having incredibly few supporters actually turn up at his rallies. But I think I've got an answer and a reason for all this, and why it was the way it is, and why he still won. The reason why Justin Trudeau won this election is because for the last almost two years, he has contributed greatly to the fear state that Canada now exists in. And this is not different than other countries in the world, but because I live in Canada, I can speak to this directly. The media has gone full fear-mongering, And it just seems like all the people who they put a microphone in front of are in full support of what I'm coming to call the COVID regime. They want you to be afraid, and they can manipulate you into doing what they want you to do. In this case, Justin Trudeau wanted you to vote for him so he could stay in power. So folks, I want to get it started by playing a clip from Justin Trudeau's acceptance speech 
where he made it clear that he's going to stand on the side of all Canadians. Take a drink of this. B.S. And to my fellow Canadians, there is no greater honor than serving you and serving this country. If you voted for our party, thank you. Thank you for putting your trust in our team to keep moving forward for everyone. And if you did not vote for us, I want you to know that we will stand up for you and work for you every single day. Now, maybe that just sounds like something you'd say after you win an election, but it just so happens that Justin Trudeau waged the most divisive campaign I've ever seen in Canadian history. On one side, we have these so-called anti-vaxxers and COVID deniers, quote-unquote. And on the other hand, we have the subscribers to the fear state that has been created around them. Now, fear is a very big human emotion. I don't blame people, but at the same time, it's really alarming how little people look at the data. And I work in marketing. And so, as a daily habit, I live in the data. It's just what a good marketing worker would do. They look at the numbers and they base their decisions off of that. That's what you do in marketing, and that's what you should do when you look at the COVID situation. Take my province, for example, British Columbia. We have just over 1,800 deaths in the last almost two years from COVID. Um, that's less than one year for a typical flu. Of course, the flu all but disappeared in 2020 and 2021. Who knows what that means? But anyhow, in previous years, you would have about that many deaths for the flu, 1,800 deaths is simply a fraction of the number of deaths from heart attacks, heart disease, strokes, cancer, and it's about the same as you would see for accidents, like car accidents in one year. So all of that, to me, just that single data point alone screams, this ain't a big deal. And of course, the people can always say, well, hey, if we didn't lock down and force everyone to wear a mask and then, well, maybe it would have been so much worse. And yeah, you can say that. But at the same time, uh, suicides up, drug overdoses, you know, businesses lost, wages lost, savings lost. Now, whatever you think about inflated case numbers and the amount of deaths they had in the States, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. But if you live where I live, and there are so few deaths, then why have they locked everything down so significantly? We only have had 1,800 deaths in the last two years. To me, that means that there's got to be some pre-existing immunity in the community. There's just no doubt about it. But that's a side note. My point is that if there are so few deaths in my province and really in Canada as a whole, why is it that we're implementing vaccine passports across Canada? There's one in my province of British Columbia. Apparently, they say that there are 85% of people who have been fully vaccinated in this province. Well, if that's true, by the way, it's for sure not true. But if that was true, why on earth would they need to implement a vaccine passport system 
to get access to restaurants and these quote-unquote non-essential services. They're just going to put businesses out of business. But anyhow, my point is that the stats don't justify the reaction at all, and it's not even close. And yet, people are afraid. People think they need a vaccine passport, a health pass, because they don't want to be around somebody who's not vaccinated. Forget about if they have immunity or not. Forget about if they've had COVID before or not. It doesn't matter. They have built up this myth, this narrative that the unvaccinated are dangerous and can spread disease more than the vaccinated can, which is total and utter nonsense. We've had study after study prove that. This vaccine protects you from severe illness, quote-unquote, and what that really means fully translated, it protects you from the illness that is caused explicitly by the spike protein inflammation of the lungs, which makes it impossible for you to breathe, and that's how people die from this thing. This is the danger of COVID. That's what the vaccines protect you from. And by the way, if you're under the age of 50, you have a 99 point something percent chance of surviving this thing. So it would stand to reason that there is no actual risk. But let's take a drink of this clip. We've got Justin Trudeau. This was early days of the campaign trail talking about how it would be tyrannical to not implement vaccine passports for travel across Canada. Take a drink of this because you just can't make it up. You deserve better. You deserve a government that's going to continue to say, get vaccinated. And you know what? If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. We need to be strong in the decisions we're taking going forward. And we need to put people first, which we have always done. And I'll be honest, you know, like I do, there's lots of people out there who don't agree with that. And the reality is, that's okay. We're in a democracy. People can make themselves heard. And that's part of why we need to have this moment for people to make that choice for the future. The counter to tyranny is democracy, is elections. And that's exactly what we're putting forward because we have put Canadians at the forefront of everything we've done. And we know that's what we're going to continue to do. So I need you, all of you, to keep stepping up. We need to keep working to protect and build a better future together. And that's why I need you to continue to step up. I need you to talk to your neighbors and talk to your friends. Talk to those folks who are still wondering whether they should get vaccinated and tell them, yes, they need to keep, get vaccinated so we protect ourselves, protect our communities, and protect our kids who can't yet get vaccinated. That's what we need to do. I need you to get out there. The counter to tyranny is democracy. And this is a phrase that he says without a shred of irony as he discusses his plans to create a vaccine passport system that will oppress people who haven't had the vaccine. Does it make any sense?
he's really fired up and believing that he's saying the right thing. Whether or not you've had the vaccine, I don't know how anyone could listen to that and think, hmm, well, that sounds reasonable. In Canada, we have very high vaccination rates, and so I don't even understand why it would be a big deal at this point if people hadn't had the vaccine. This whole notion of targets for the vaccination campaign, in Canada, we've exceeded those targets, and yet, I guess anything less than 100% is just grounds for implementing draconian measures. But as Justin Trudeau said in that speech on the campaign trail, delivering campaign promises, it would be tyrannical to do anything less than to implement a vaccine passport system. Now, I want to know who actually stands in favor of a vaccine passport system. Who wants to do yet another BS thing when they're waiting in line to get on a plane? Who wants to take off their shoes? Who wants to take off their bag, have them go through it? Who wants to be patted down, etc.? And it's a campaign promise of Justin Trudeau. In his world, he believes that people are terrified and they need to be protected by a vaccine passport system. Heaven forbid they have to sit beside somebody who hasn't been vaccinated. Folks, you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet. In this case, the eggs are the unvaccinated. And Justin Trudeau doesn't have any trouble with creating a division down those lines. And it's really not a secret how he feels about these people, because he describes them in great detail. Let's take a drink of this clip when he calls these so-called anti-vaxxers all sorts of wild things. Take a drink. We know that the only way to move forward as a country is to move forward together and to listen to each other and to learn from each other, not to affix labels, not to allow hate to fester in corners of our society. And yes, we are seeing vocal hatred and intolerance rising in some pockets of our communities. And the question that all the rest of us have to ask is what do we do? Do we sit back and say, oh, let's leave them space for their anti-vax beliefs, for their misogynistic beliefs, because we don't want to ruffle the boat, rock the boat, or ruffle feathers? Or do we stand up? Do we say, no, not in Canada? Not in our Canada. We leave room for everyone and we stand up for each other in Canada. That's what we've done over these past six years. That's what we will continue to do. So listening to this clip, I sincerely believe that Justin Trudeau actually has legitimate brain damage. Because, first of all, he calls anti-vaxxers misogynists, which is, I guess, to call them all men, first of all, which is totally wrong. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Again, I've had all my vaccines. The majority of people just don't want to take the COVID vaccine because it's an experimental vaccine. It was rushed through. There's all sorts of shenanigans and there's all sorts of data that show it is more dangerous than COVID itself. It guarantees that you have exposure to a high amount of spike protein and that is the dangerous part of COVID. What I'm saying against this COVID vaccine is that I think it's unsafe based on the data and based on the data as well 
COVID is not that dangerous, and so therefore I would rather take my chances with COVID and get natural immunity by contracting it than live in fear and take a vaccine that has been shown time and time again to do a lot of damage. I don't think that's a crazy hot take, but Justin Trudeau would make you think that I'm a misogynist anti-vaxxer. I'm not. My two-year-old son has had all of his vaccines. Every single one. We didn't say, oh, you know what, because the COVID vaccine is crazy, forget all vaccines. No, we didn't do that. And by the way, let me just insert this little side note. The COVID vaccine is actually not a vaccine. It's a prophylactic treatment. A vaccine is, by legal definition, something very specific. And this does not fit that bill. So even calling it a vaccine is, by the way, totally crazy, but that's just where we're at. So folks, that's crazy enough, but then at the end of the video, he says, what should we do about these anti-vaxxers? Should we leave them space or should we stand up and say, not in my Canada, because in my Canada, we stand up for what's right and we oppress the minority? I think what we have here is somebody who's so utterly sure that this is the correct stance and that those who are vaccinated must stand up against this threat. These people, these dangerous free thinkers who actually look at information and make judgment calls. These are the dangerous people. It sounds to me like those are the people you need. The people who don't just blindly follow and shut up and just do what they're told. I don't know who you are, who you voted for, but if you want to tell me that it makes sense to oppress a minority group for their choice of not getting a vaccine to protect themselves from an illness that has a 1% chance of killing them? You want to tell me that that's a world you want to live in and vote for this kind of guy who says this kind of thing? I don't know where you're coming from if you think that that's cool. Doesn't make any sense to me. And by the way, literally every single political leader in Canada, except for the leader of the PPC party, stood up and said exactly the same thing. Hey guys, it's me, Doni, the host of Drinking From Human Skulls. The world is coming to an end, you don't have a job, and you're bleeding your parents dry. Pretty soon, everyone you know and love is gonna die in nuclear war. That's why this is the perfect time to donate to Drinking From Human Skulls, a professional podcast. Just visit drinkingfromhumanskulls.com and click the donate button to get started. And if you can't afford to donate, click on anything that looks like an ad. Doing so will help me and your corporate overlords. Why let your money disintegrate in a mushroom cloud when you could support the Drinking From Human Skulls podcast? Now, let's get back to the show. So to put it clearly in perspective, Justin Trudeau campaigned on a vaccine passport promise. He campaigned on the anti-vaxxers are evil promise. This is about as divisive as it gets. And this is a guy who, in his acceptance speech, said rather glibly that he would serve all Canadians. Well, it didn't seem like that was something he was saying as he was trying to get elected. So it's kind of interesting that the message that you use to try to get elected in the fear world that you helped to create is very different than the acceptance speech. Because if you listen to it, it's very much like, 
we're going to get back together, Canada. We're going to love each other. And it's just the same old nonsense platitudes. And, you know, as we continue along in the campaign, Trudeau doesn't let up. He doesn't give anyone an inch. He keeps going. And he gets into his version of my favorite uh, classic COVID line. The unvaccinated are putting everyone in danger. But let's listen to Justin Trudeau's attempt at trying to make sense of this one. Take a drink. We all have an opportunity to get back a little more to normal. Except that those people who have not yet chosen to get vaccinated are putting all this at risk. Not only are they putting at risk our kids who are still too young to get vaccinated. I have a seven-year-old who started in grade two just earlier this week. Very excited about it, but he's vulnerable. I have you know, friends who are immunocompromised, who are uh, facing challenges around getting vaccinated. They are more vulnerable. And mostly, all of us, even if we did the right things and got vaccinated, are at risk of lockdowns because of future waves of unvaccinated, which nobody wants to go back to. And more than that, our economy can't afford to go back to. So you see conservative politicians like Aaron O'Toole saying, you know what, we have to put the economy first. Well, you can't put the economy first if you're not serious about vaccinations. And that's why it's so shocking that he would roll back our plans to make sure that anyone on a plane or train is vaccinated, that anyone in the federal public service gets vaccinated, and that we work with the provinces on vaccine certification so that all of you who are vaccinated can go to movie theaters and gyms and restaurants without being worried that you're putting yourselves or your kids at risk because someone who is unvaccinated could be beside you. I just want to pause there and think about this for a second. So is anybody like out there in the wild during these COVID times? Is anyone there thinking, oh, my God, is that person vaccinated? Are they putting me at risk? Is it Does anybody really have that thought? Because if you do, you're unwell. It means that you have a severely distorted view of how dangerous this thing is. And by the way, it can still be an effed up situation where this virus released from a lab accidentally or perhaps otherwise in Wuhan, China, a lab that was funded by a cohort of virologists starting at the top with Dr. Anthony Fauci himself feeding money for gain-of-function research from U.S. taxpayers to the lab in Wuhan. It could be that that exists and is a real thing, but also that this virus isn't quite that dangerous for the vast majority of people. Now, would I love to live in a world where the virology community didn't conspire to create viruses and unleash them upon mankind? Of course, I'd love to live in that world. But here we are living in a different world and we have to reassess the risks of our lives. And a virus that lets 99% of its people under the age of 65 survive, well, I'm sorry, but that isn't the virus that we need to stop the entire show for. No way. Of course not. And yet, here's Justin Trudeau clearly speaking to an audience of people 
that I really just don't understand. I mean, I'm not a trailblazer. I'm not a weirdo. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just looking at the data and saying, hmm, I think I'll pass on that. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm not a wild conspiracy theorist either. I just want to make the best decision with the information that is available for all. And I have worked for pharmaceutical companies. As a consultant, I worked for almost every major pharmaceutical company and a whole bunch of mid-level ones you never heard of as well. And I know exactly how they work. And I for sure know that if they develop a product and they want to get it to market as fast as possible like they did, they want to sell the crap out of it and make billions of dollars. That's the whole point of doing it. They got it this time. It was basically like money laundering at some point because they got U.S. tax dollars given to them. Pfizer was given, granted, billions of dollars to work on this thing. And then they put it to market and they're given billions of dollars to sell it as well. So it's like you get the money. You don't have to pay it back. You just keep getting money and keep getting money. You'd think that if they sponsored the development, the first portion of the proceeds would go back and that would be a cost of doing business. But no, look at the balance sheets. That's not how it went down. How cool is that? You get a free ticket to produce this vaccine, a guaranteed market of scared people, and voila. Throw the marketing plan away because you don't need it. It's already a done deal, guaranteed, money in the pocket, billions of dollars. And anyone who doesn't take that vaccine is putting the ones who do take it at risk. Sounds like the crunkest business plan I've ever heard in my life. Here's how we market this medicine. We make everyone who doesn't take it into a complete asshole. And so we have to believe that if Justin Trudeau is making these sweeping statements that anyone who doesn't take the vaccine is putting the vaccinated at risk, then we have to assume that there's an audience of people just stupid enough to believe it. But I think that audience is quite big. When I think about it, it's most of the people in my family have taken this vaccine. Varying levels of thought about it, but... Most of them just said, well, okay, and they just believe the fear. Because if you do any of your own research, seriously, just look into something. Like, look into this as much as you'd look into a stock you're going to invest in. Maybe that's a bad example. I think a lot of people just take a stockbroker's tip and run with it. Yikes, okay, we're dealing with a pile of stupid people, I guess. It just, to me, sounds like a bunch of nonsense that's so easy to see through. He's playing on people's fears, which have been built up by him and the media over the last two years. And so, I guess it's understandable, but seriously, people, I mean, come on, how can you fall for this stuff? I mean, really? What's up? Have you had any thoughts in the last little while? Golly jeepers, gosh, golly... Unless you believe that I'm just cherry-picking clips here and making an inaccurate representation of the mix and balance of the things that Trudeau chose to talk about in his 2021 campaign for Prime Minister, well, why don't you listen to it from the horse's mouth? 
Because in this clip, he talks about exactly what I'm saying. He spells it out directly, that he wants to be delivering these messages as often as possible. And this is him speaking at a press conference where he announced that he would give any province that unleashed a vaccine passport upon its public $1 billion in free money, federal money, from the Canadian government to the province, a billion dollars if you create an app and execute a vaccine passport system. Now, why we can't just take a billion dollars and make an app that'll work in all provinces? Well, I don't know the answer to that one. I'm sure not smart enough. Anyhow, let's listen to Justin Trudeau talk about exactly how he's running his campaign. Take a drink. Every single day, I have used this podium to encourage Canadians to get vaccinated. To encourage those who haven't yet to go and get their first or their second shots because that's how we get through this. And I am simply amplifying the messages that our public health experts, that our doctors, that our researchers, that our scientists are sharing, not just in Canada, but all around the world. Getting vaccinated is the best way to protect yourself, protect your community, protect our frontline health workers, but also ensure a strong economic recovery so that small business owners like Omar and Adnan are able to actually uh, continue to, to, to thrive and contribute to their communities. This is the choice people need to make and we will make no apologies for continuing to put forward measures that encourage people to get vaccinated and protect those who are doing the right thing and getting vaccinated. So there's our guy, Justin Trudeau, talking about his main campaign message, which is the whole COVID regime and the whole COVID pressure to get vaccinated. He's just doing his part to amplify the message because that's what the scientists, the doctors, the researchers are recommending that everyone get vaccinated. Well, you're not really up to date, Justin, because the FDA just had their two vaccine chiefs, the chief and the main deputy, both resigned. Then they submitted a paper to The Lancet, basically talking about how this entire COVID thing has been politicized and that the science is not trustworthy. It wasn't even a paper they submitted to The Lancet. It was just an article expressing how bad they feel this thing is going along. And then a few days later, the FDA hosted a three-day panel where ultimately they decided and voted on not recommending boosters for the vast majority of people in America. So the FDA has come out and said, no need for boosters, meaning that the COVID vaccines are one and done, which would mean that it doesn't work because if it only gives you like six months of protection, quote unquote, and they're not recommending boosters, I think that's pretty much an admission that this thing doesn't work, or at least it doesn't justify the risks of taking it. But here's Justin Trudeau. I guess he's paying attention to the worldwide scientists. He's missing the FDA. Which, by the way, in Canada, we piggyback on all the American FDA regulations, especially in these emergency COVID times. 
we just piggyback on their recommendations. So when Pfizer put together their 100-child study, ages 12 to 17, and submitted that to the American FDA, they just submitted the same exact package to Canada, checkmark approved, let's get those vaccines into those kids ASAP. Although... They have a 99.999 repeating chance of survival based on there's been so few deaths and none of them without comorbidities. But Justin Trudeau follows the science, and that's why he's getting in front of the entire Canadian public and saying, as his main campaign promise, we're going to clamp down on the unvaccinated. You shouldn't have to mix and mingle with them. And by golly, by gosh, I'll make sure you know I'm on your side, Canada, except for the anti-vaxxers who don't want to take the vaccine. We want them eliminated. So, yeah, Justin Trudeau, he's a pretty cool guy, isn't he? Um, He tried to say also in that previous clip about how. We just want to get small business owners back in the mix. We want them to be successful again. And by golly, the way we're going to do it, I'll tell you how. We're going to implement a vaccine passport so fewer people feel comfortable going out. They're all scared. And of course, the people who haven't chosen to get the vaccine, well, they don't even have the option to go out if they want to or not. And that's the path to fixing small businesses in Canada. As Justin Trudeau The young sage would have you believe. Folks, if you're having a tough time understanding, um, congratulations. It means that you're a sane and rational human being. We might be in the minority if you're listening to this, although I hope you do cross over to our side. Perhaps you thought Justin Trudeau was an eloquent speaker, um, perhaps a dashing young man, a wonderful political mind. And now you've kind of seen that he isn't any of those things, not by a long shot. This guy is a total joke. And he's leading the entire country of Canada. Quite a few million people live here. We're not totally inconsequential. We've got some pretty big things going on here. And we're led by an utter buffoon. Now let's just hear this final clip. Of him getting into his rationale, his reason why he wants to give every province a billion dollars who agrees to unleash a vaccine passport system upon its public. Take a drink of this. Pure genius from the young sage, Justin Trudeau. We're paying for the provincial vaccine passports to make sure that when someone comes into a restaurant, they'll know they won't be sitting beside a table of people who are unvaccinated. When you go into a gym, when you go to a movie theater, you need to know that if you've done the right things, you get to be safe. You get to be rewarded for having done the right things. That's what it's all about. And those people who still hesitate, who still resist, well, they won't get to enjoy the same things that those who've done their part for others. It seems like a very logical thing. It seems like a very obvious thing. It's logical and obvious, don't you see? Take the experimental vaccine that stats prove you don't need and carries unnecessary risk. Be a good little slave and you get to do all the things that you've been accustomed to doing, uh, you know, for your entire life there. And if you resist, as he said, well, you're not going to be able to do any of those things. So sit down, shut up, and be a good little slave, and take your vaccine. 
that the FDA has basically said no more in America. And yet we still have politicians. And by the way, Joe Biden is pushing it as well. It's not just Justin Trudeau. It's Joe Biden down south and various other factions politically and in different organizations. The CDC is still holding on. But look, the fact is, Justin Trudeau is a campaign promise. Said, here's a billion dollars of taxpayer money. Go ahead and build your own vaccine passport system again. I'll say it again. Why not just create one, use it in every province, and ask them if they want to opt in or not? It could be very simple and cost-effective. And I'm now seeing these advertisements on YouTube where they're saying, Hey, look, vaccine passport. It's fun. It's easy. Get yours today. You know, and it's just, again, another coercion strategy to get people to take this vaccine that they don't need. And they keep pushing it to the kids. Some schools across Canada have literally forced kids to get it or de facto forced them. And they're getting 12-year-olds to submit to basically peer pressure campaigns within schools. Numerous reports of correspondence that have been intercepted and publicized. And we're talking about age 12 to 17. This group of people have virtually no danger of COVID. We're talking about a prophylactic, quote-unquote, vaccine that does not stop the spread. It just shoots the spike proteins off the thing and prevents a severe illness that is caused by the spike proteins. You still can get a nasty cold from it. Of course, that level of detail I just gave you has been deemed certifiably too complex for the vast majority of the public and therefore it's not delivered in the news media. They just say that the vaccine is safe and effective and that's what these politicians like Justin Trudeau are saying as well. The vaccine is safe and effective and we want to reward you, Canada, for doing your part to get the vaccine and protect those in your community and your family because the vaccine actually only protects you but you're getting it to protect others in the... It doesn't make it... it I mean, I, honestly, I can't even paraphrase this stuff because when I speak it out of my mouth, my brain seizes up and says, logic, that doesn't... There's no ration... It doesn't make... Does not compute... This might be the actual skill of politicians is being able to compartmentalize these very conflicting messages where you say one thing and... It's a total juxtaposition against the actual reality. I really don't know how they do it because I actually, I can't lie in that sense. I mean, I can tell a white lie, but I can't tell this kind of a lie where you're looking at the stats and you're interpreting them completely incorrectly. So I don't get it. I don't know how they can do this. I don't know how people can buy this hook, line, and sinker. But again, folks, we're living in a world where Justin Trudeau, as a campaign promise, said $1 billion to every province in Canada that says, yes, we want to have a vaccine passport. A lot of that is going towards paid advertisements, propaganda campaigns on television, on YouTube, in newspapers. Just reinforcing this nonsense. And I have to wonder, why are we paying for advertisements to propagandize towards ourselves? Because this is tax money we're talking about. Does anyone else have a problem with this? This is nuts. It's not like we're deficit-free here in Canada. 
We could use $12 billion on a lot of other things. Tell you what, we could have $12 billion go towards doctor's salaries, and you wouldn't have to wait five hours in the emergency room to get a basic thing taken care of. This is where we're at. My wife and I, we just took our son to the hospital. He's two years old. He's having a bit of a respiratory thing. So we took him to the hospital. We waited five hours. And by the way, we took him to the hospital a week prior and waited six hours and saw no doctors. So we just said, screw it and left. Seriously, you can't make this up. BC Children's Hospital, they raise public funds. They raise private funds. They have a whole bunch of money flowing in. I don't know where it goes. It's not going to doctor's salaries. I can't think of any reason why there would only be two concurrent doctors moving as slow as molasses. So I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I just find it abhorrent that this is the guy who won the election. He campaigned on fear, trumped up, exaggerated fear. He's promising billions of dollars to those who would comply with his fear regime and it just doesn't seem like a terrific way forward for our society whatever's left of it all right folks well all this is kind of building up to a point i want to say that i think i've kind of figured out what's going on here i heard this clip by bill maher he was on the jimmy kimmel show talking about how hard it is to sell tickets and Let's take a drink of this because I think he hits the nail right on the head. On November 13th, and you'll be in Madison Square Garden. New York. In, in November. New York, okay. yes. Now, the reason why this is relevant, I have, I have to cite a, a survey that was in the New York Times, which is a liberal paper, so they weren't looking for this answer. But they were talking about, uh, this. the question was, what do you think the chances are that you would have to go to the hospital if you got COVID? Mm-hmm. And... Democrats thought that was way higher than Republicans. Hmm. 41% of Democrats, and the answer is between 1% and 5%. Okay. 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Another 28% thought it was 20 to 49%. So 70% of Democrats thought it was way, way, way higher than it really was. Liberal media has to take a little responsibility for that, for scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> And the reason why I'm bringing this up is uh -huh. because it's much harder for every touring act to sell tickets in blue states. Oh, interesting. They're afraid to go out of the house. I see. Whereas in red states, it's all good to go. Uh-huh. So I just want to say to those people in <laughs> San Rafael and Pittsburgh and New York, I ain't going to give it to you. I you promise, I, you know, it's safe. We, we're doing everything we can. There's distancing, there's masking. Uh, and enjoy, live life. You did get it in Embrace May. life. You did get it. I got it. So there you have it. Liberal media needs to take a little bit of responsibility for the fact that everyone's fear is amplified a million degrees. Should we blame people for being scared? I guess not. I mean... You know, I played the brutal sports of hockey and box across growing up. So I know what it's like to be beaten over the head repeatedly with a stick and to be in brawls, etc. And so maybe my amygdala is a little more prepared for the actual pains of life. And most people are just kind of skating by, avoiding anxiety and not facing their fears head on. 
it could be partly that, or it could be that the liberal media, and in Canada, it's the same thing as down south, is stoking those fears and playing and manipulating them. And of course, the number one sponsor of these media outlets, pharmaceutical companies, are apt to absolutely exploit fear to their advantage. I mean, that's the whole game. If you weren't afraid of diseases, then you wouldn't take any medicine whatsoever. And maybe the unvaccinated are also the fearless. Look, I don't want to pat myself on the back and say I'm a trailblazer, leader, exceptional individual, but I don't want to pat myself on the back. If you say those things about me, fine. But whatever the case may be, the fear is very much amplified, so much more than is rational. And yeah, it's because of the media. There can be no doubts. The media is paid for by the pharmaceutical companies. The pharmaceutical companies are serving up these talking points on a silver platter to hit their targets of billions and billions and whatever. The politicians are involved, of course, because those two things, corporations and politics, are virtually the same at this point. They're both exploiting each other so that they can collect power in the ways that they want to. Political power can be exchanged for financial power. And so this is where we're at. We're in a situation where the corporations are creating narratives that are scaring people into compliance. And that's the world we live in. Folks, if you're just waking up to this reality, please do try to share this message with people who are living in a state of fear. Because I promise you, they don't want to live in that state of fear. They're just having a knee-jerk reaction to what they're hearing, and they legitimately think that they could be the next COVID death if they're not careful. Now, I want to close it out with a clip from one of my favorite podcasts. It's um, a podcast called Part of the Problem, hosted by Dave Smith and Robbie the Fire Bernstein. Um, it's a libertarian podcast, but quite often they just really use their libertarianism as a guide for their way of analyzing current events and things that are going on in the world. They don't really um, proselytize about libertarian theory and all that kind of stuff. So I would say definitely worth checking out this podcast. Again, it's called Part of the Problem. And these guys, you know, during 2020, as this COVID stuff was emerging, I felt they were pretty quiet on the COVID situation. I was a little bit disappointed because I would have loved to have had their take early on. But in 2021, they had just unleashed the Kraken on this COVID regime. And they have been very, very, very solid, consistent, salient voices speaking to the absurdity of the COVID regime. And I want to clip them reacting to the statements made by Bill Maher and the Jimmy Kimmel show because they get it so right. And I'm not going to try and paraphrase them. I just want you guys to hear this because... They nail it. Take a drink of this. What Bill Maher just cut right to the chase there on, which is so fucking important to get to, is that, well, actually, do you want to talk about following the science or having any goddamn clue what's going on here with COVID? Let's look at some polling data from the New York Times. Not some fucking far right wing, you know, uh, uh, publication. 
from the New York Times, they said that, what was it, 70% of, of Democrats have absolutely, they, they are not on this planet in terms of what they think the risk of COVID is. Now, when he said the actual risk is one to 5% chance you end up in the hospital if you have it, that is not even, by the way, if you do a few controls on that, you're getting under 1%. So it, in other words, most of the people, when you're talking about 70% of the Democrats who are, I think he said it was 40%, put it over 50%, another 20 something percent, put it from four, uh, uh, 20 to uh, 49%, whatever it is, right? If you were to control for being over 90, having like, like huge fucking like, you know, health problems, all of that shit, the, the odds of you ending up in the hospital is under 1%. You have them thinking it's 50, like it's a 50-50 shot. If they get COVID, they're going to go to the hospital. When it's actually a 99 to 1 that you won't. Now, on what planet does that group of people get to look down on the other group of people as not following the science or understanding the real threat that COVID uh, uh, imposes on all of us? That's the real thing. And if you're going to knock Bill Maher for something, which, again, keep in mind what I said before, I'd rather him just be a good left winger on this to some degree. But how there is some parts to go. How do you not just take the next step and go, how are we going to sit here and mock, which he will continue to do after this? And I promise you, Jimmy Kimmel will continue to do after this. Mock the people who are concerned about a vaccine. Now, Feel however you feel about the vaccine. You could think that the, let, let, for the sake of argument, let's say the vaccine is perfect. Let's say you cannot get COVID after being vaccinated. There is zero side effects. It is just the perfect cure to COVID. And there are still people who are resistant to that. Okay, fine. But they're resistant to something that they have a 99% chance of surviving without the vaccine. Substantially higher than 99% for most healthy people. Okay? So what's worse? What's more detached from reality? Not wanting to take a perfect vaccination, in this hypothetical, a perfect vaccination for something that is statistically almost zero threat to you, or believing something that is statistically zero threat to you is, is a coin flip of whether you'll get through it. I mean, like, is it once you start going down this road and this is why the crowd gets so tense and why Jimmy Kimmel is awkwardly laughing, because once you start actually looking at this information, oh, it tells you what's what. There's really no getting away from it. Yeah, there is one side of this who is completely removed from reality, who is completely removed from science and, and, and objective facts. And Bill Maher just let you know which side that is. So there he is, Dave Smith, part of the Problem podcast, making all kinds of sense. Look, this is why we're where we're at right now. We're not paying attention to reality. The narrative has been twisted. People believe things that are not accurate. And policymakers are basing their decisions on all of this irrational and wrong data that exists, most likely perpetrated by 
the PR department and the marketing department of Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. It doesn't get any more plain than that. They've made you believe that if you don't take the vaccine, you're a bad person. Despite all the data pointing towards the fact that you don't need this vaccine and a lot of data suggesting that this vaccine actually is more dangerous than getting COVID would be for the vast majority of people. Whenever somebody asks me why I didn't get the vaccine, I like to say, listen, I can't control whether or not I get COVID, but I can control whether or not I take the vaccine. The vaccine presents some danger and some side effects. I don't need that for a virus that 99% of people survive. It's just that simple. It doesn't have to get any more complicated. I never took the flu vaccine. There were always traditional vaccines. This is an experimental vaccine. And I don't want to take it, especially when they skipped animal trials, they muddled stage three trials and still got approved. The COVID vaccine in the last eight months has had more adverse events recorded than all vaccines for the last 30 years. So I think that's enough for me right there. I'll avoid that for a virus that has a 1% chance of killing me, if that, probably less. I'm not going to expose myself to that kind of risk. I've had colds before. I think I can do other stuff to prevent myself from getting sick. And by the way, that's a huge part of this thing. They would have you believe that the only solution to COVID is the vaccine. They would have you believe that the only thing that could prevent you from getting sick is the vaccine. This is all total nonsense. Well, folks, that's about all I have for you today. I really just wanted to hit this point home. It seems to me that liberal media is driving people insane with their fear narrative. It's causing them to go completely batty to the point where we see Justin Trudeau, a lefty politician, campaigning on a COVID fear promise. Look, we've got to document this stuff and call it out whenever we can. I mean, it's really looking like a 1920s level this is stuff that I wouldn't have expected to get past the radio airwaves, much less dominate our lives when we have access to so much information. Here we are. Everyone has a computer in their pocket. Everyone has access to all the information in their pocket. And yet, we're so easily manipulated. I find this to be shocking and appalling. But folks, we'll leave it there. Thank you for listening. My name is Doni. The website where you can catch all the clips is www.drinkingfromhumanskulls.com, all one word. Please do give it a visit. I'm so happy you've made it this far. Please tell a friend. Please join my mailing list. Follow us on social media. It's all on the website. Once again, that's www.drinkingfromhumanskulls.com. Join me again next time. I'm going to do my best to get you an episode more than twice a month. It's a little bit hard, but I'll do my best. And thank you so much and have a great day. Goodbye.